You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, first and foremost, thank you very much to everybody that participated in my live mock draft. I think that was a lot of fun. Uh, if you have no idea what I've been blathering about, you can see the video of exactly what it is I've been wanting people to do on, um, well... I think it's in a lot of different places. I think I shared it in the Facebook group, Facebook page, and it's also now a condensed version, um, not the full hours and hours of waiting, on the YouTube channel, Pack Daddy NFL. So you can check it out and see if it seems interesting. If not, then, uh, you know, then not. So once again, today is going to be a little bit of a condensed day for a couple reasons. None of those reasons are super interesting and uh, waste time explaining it. So the plan for today is to talk about two different things. Number one, quarterbacks and no it has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love but has a lot to do with the NFC North because things are getting a little bit crazy there are a lot of quarterbacks that there are at least rumors about Deshaun Watson is a rumor Um, the Texans may or may not want to move on from him they may not have too much of a choice I mean depending on how how far they want to take it there are also talks about Carson Wentz now There's a headline here from SB Nation, Carson Wentz trade rumors, Eagles fielding calls for disgruntled quarterback, which kind of makes sense to a degree. I mean, you kind of just got replaced. (laughs) I don't think there's a whole lot of doubt that uh, Jalen Hurts is the future. Um, But also there's Derek Carr. There's rumors that the Raiders are planning to trade Derek Carr. And I don't know if any of these rumors are actually true. But obviously the reason that it's interesting is that the 
Lions are looking for a quarterback. The Bears are looking for a quarterback. And the Vikings, again, I don't have any reason to believe necessarily that it's true, but there's some talk that they may be looking to move on from their quarterback. Now, if I'm being completely honest, I kind of like all this. The biggest fear that I have would be for one, two, or all three teams to hit on a massive, fantastic prospect in the draft. A young, talented guy who's going to be in the NFC North forever. The next Pat Mahomes, the next Deshaun Watson, the next etc., etc. The only team that seems to be going down that path possibly could be the Lions. But you also have to remember, as I've said before, that only happens if that player exists. You can hire John Dorsey, you can do everything, and you, you can, I mean, they can't, but let's say they could. You, you could package everything you have and move up to the number one pick and get the top prospect. There's no guarantee that that prospect is going to be the next Pat Mahomes because there's only been one Pat Mahomes, and his name is Pat Mahomes. You can only get what's available. But it is a fear, and it is a possibility. Those prospects are going to come into the NFL, and you just hope that it's not a rival that drafts them. But if the plan going forward for the Vikings is to trade away their quarterback, who I think is massively underrated, and also, as I've pointed out, seems to play very well against the Packers, if they want to move on from him, please, because the odds of you finding somebody better than Kirk Cousins are very low. And if the Bears' solution, if they believe in their deluded minds that we are ready, we have the team, we just need a quarterback, they, they can't believe that. But if that's what they believe, and they go out and get Derek Carr, and Derek Carr is not a bad quarterback. He's another one that I think is somewhat underrated, but he's also, he's just, he's on that lower tier. He's not a top-tier quarterback that's going to drag the dead weight that the Bears have. And if you're going to trade for another quarterback after you've consumed every quarterback available in hopes that this time it's going to be different, all we need is one quarterback. If you haven't learned your lesson from getting foals and you go get somebody else that isn't Deshaun Watson, and again, I've already said I don't think Deshaun Watson is coming to Chicago, and you clearly haven't learned your lesson, it's not going to work. It's just not. Just because you went all in doesn't mean you're going to fix everything. Bears are a perfect example of that. Get Khalil Mack, trade up for a quarterback, get Allen Robinson, pay all this money for him. You guys need to rebuild, man. That's all there is to it. But if they haven't learned their lesson, good. Go get Jimmy Garoppolo. Go get Sam Darnold. I actually love that there's a lot of these sort of, not terrible, but kind of mid-tier-ish quarterbacks because they're, they're kind of similar to Matt Stafford where they're good. And yeah, they, they might be able to, to beat you, you know, but they're not going to put you over the hump, especially if you don't address the core of your problem. And again, the Vikings are the only team that have a really scary team already. And, and supposedly, and I don't know if any of this is true, they might be moving on from their quarterback. And again, I have no idea if any of this is true. I'm, I'm sure 90% of this is nonsense. I think if there's any NFC team that has the ability to go all in, it's the or NFC North team to go all in, it's the Vikings. You get Daniil Hunter back, you get Pierce, you've got the best wide receiver duo in football, you got one of the best running backs in football, you have a, what I would say is a pretty talented quarterback that's not going to be around forever. You got 2021 and 2022 left with him, just go all in. Now the, the, the biggest issue is that it's not necessarily this year, but next year Kirk Cousins' cap hit goes to $45 million. Now maybe you extend them or something, or I, I don't know exactly what you do, it seems like it's one of those deals where you kind of assume this ain't going to happen. 
paying Kirk Cousins $45 million, not that that's exactly what you're paying him, although his base salary is $35 million, um, but it's only $10 million in dead cash. It seems like it's unlikely that this is what's going to happen. The other issue with structuring a contract like this in a stupid fashion is that it makes it very unlikely you're going to be able to trade him. Because when you trade him, you trade his contract, and who's going to want to take on Kirk Cousins and $35 million? Unless they're willing to offer an extension, then that extension essentially is we're going to add one year onto this, and there's going to be no money in that year, and we're going to push half of the money from this year into next year because that's what you're worth. Not literally no money, but, you know, that, that would essentially be what it is. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll give you $15 million in 2023, and we'll split it up $30 million and $30 million. Because that's much more reasonable than paying you 40 or, you know, having a cap hit of 40. Well, it would only be 35 million. So I guess then it would be 25 and 25 still. But again, if I'm the Vikings, that's the direction I would want to go. Why not? Because you, you also have a lot of things that are going downhill. Kirk Cousins is leaving soon. I don't really know how long this running back is going to be able to hold up. The amount of injuries and the amount of beatings he's taken. You've got a premier safety that is going to be going bye-bye soon. Harrison Smith is already 32 years old. Um, I'm assuming you're going to keep Anthony Harris on board because he's very good, but I don't know. You got to pay him. You got a couple of linebackers that are getting old. Riley Reef is 33, and you know if we assume Ezra Cleveland is going to be a seamless transition at tackle, then okay. But I mean, again, you're you're getting a little long in the tooth here. So are we going for it or not? So so I guess what I'm saying is the way that I see this: the Bears need to tear it down and rebuild. Do not go get a quarterback. If you do, I'm going to be so happy except if it's Deshaun Watson. Because even then, you're bringing a guy into a bad situation, and his agent should be protecting him from that, because they need, they still need to tear down and rebuild. Even with Watson, you need a new offensive line. You need new wide receiver weapons. Your defense needs to be revamped. This is a great opportunity to start shedding some weight. And yeah, you're going to be losing for a while, but when the cap goes up, you're going to have a lot of space because you're not paying $50 billion to one pass rusher who's not able to drag an entire team, go figure. You're going to have a ton of cap space. You're going to have some high draft picks. You can try again at getting a new um, quarterback at some point. In the meantime, start right now building. Get that offensive line built up. Get the wide receivers built up. Shed the old defensive players. Bring in some new young defensive players so that one of these days, when you get the number two overall pick because you suck that much and you still have a bunch of cap space because all your talent are basically rookies, or at least on their rookie contracts, then you go out, you get your quarterback, and here we go. We're back at it. Two, three years, we're back in the hunt. Although I'm assuming Ryan Pace didn't get to keep his job by promising that in three years I'll get this turned around, which just makes me smile. He somehow was able to swindle the uh, ownership and convince them he's going to get this thing turned around. And again, I really doubt the sales pitch was, give me three years. For the Lions, they have a good opportunity, at least in finding the quarterback of the future. That's the biggest thing they have going for them. But they still have to rebuild this roster. The offensive line is somewhat questionable. Not terrible, but certainly could be better. And, I, and I, you know, the, the other issue is I don't know exactly what direction we're going in. I don't know anything about this coaching staff or, or how the offense or defense are going to be structured, their, their scheme, style, whatever. But more than likely, they're going to want to add a little bit to the offensive line. The wide receivers are basically Galladay and nobody, so you want to try to get some help there. The running backs are still question marks. You need massive help along the defensive line. The the cornerbacks are huge question marks because although we got Okuda, that doesn't seem to be panning out too much. The linebackers are giant question marks, and the safeties are giant question marks. So what you need, 
and we'll see what happens with Dorsey being there and the, the other people that you brought in to help you find talent is somebody who's very, 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 very good at finding talent because finding that many pieces is not easy. But, again, you find the right quarterback, and that'll kind of overcome a lot of the blemishes. If you get a very, very talented quarterback, you might just need, you know, go find one good pass rusher and uh, a corner, and you might be set. You're still not perfect, but nobody's perfect. you got a good enough offensive line, good enough running back. You've got a, a number one wide receiver who's going to completely blow up with a top-tier quarterback. So it's kind of like the Packers where you got one premier guy, and that's enough. On top of that, you've got TJ Hawkinson already. And then you add a premier pass rusher, Okuda takes a step, you might be good enough. We'll see what happens, but the, but you have to find a quarterback. That's the only thing that matters right now. If it's Trey Lance, cool. If you're going to trade up and get somebody, go do it. And for the Vikings, again, and I'm very anti-all-in, but what else you got going for you? You're going to have a bunch of money free up anyways when all these guys that you paid all this money to leave, and they're going to be leaving soon. So if you go all-in, you're not going to damage your cap because, again, all these guys are leaving. So why not take advantage of it while you can? Now, that's easier said than done, considering they don't have any cap space as it is. And maybe that's part of the Kirk Cousins rumors is the idea that, um, well, if we move on, then we free up cap. But, but that again, that's more of a next year thing, not really a this year thing. In fact, if you were to cut him right now, you would lose $10 million. So you can't. You would have to do a post-June 1 kind of process it later on or whatever. And technically, a trade, I think, frees up $11 million. So there is some money there. And if you do a post-June 1, if you process it after that, you would save $21 million. But even then, I mean, what are the odds you're moving forward? I don't think it's super great, so I just don't see that as the, the best possible option. If anything, I'm moving on from Anthony Barr, because I think the guy is massively overrated, borderline useless, and you save $7 million. Riley Reef would be automatic. That's $11.7 million. That takes you out of the hole as it is if you're able to trade Riley Reef. And the guy's already on the way out. And you've already drafted his replacement. What is the point of hanging on to him? Harrison Smith, I, I know it would be hard to move on from him, but that's over $10 million right there. I don't, I don't know. I, I, and that's, that's again, that's the, the hard part. This is the time when you should be going all in, but I don't know how easy that's going to be because of what you've done with your salary cap. For example, giving Adam Thielen a giant pay raise when you know, he did wasn't even do one because he deserves it. And paying these linebackers money that they haven't deserved, I just don't know if they can go all in. I think the salary cap is going to restrict that. And, you know, to be fair, like a lot of teams, they probably didn't anticipate the salary cap acting the way that it is. They probably took some liberties assuming it would go up, and it didn't. And now instead of going all in, we're going to shed some weight just to stay above the cap, similar to the Packers. They're not quite as bad a shape, but they are negative $12 million right now depending on what the cap actually is, but it should be roughly that. So, I mean, the, the Vikings and Packers, I guess, are in similar situations. You're in all-in territory, but you can't afford to go all-in because you kind of already did. I mean, the Packers went all-in getting outside guys. The Vikings kind of went all-in paying their own guys. That's sort of the NFC North roundup as I see it. And I think everybody's in a decent position to do what it is they need to do, um, at, at least as far as... Well, I shouldn't say everybody. The, the the Bears and the Lions certainly are. The Lions need to find a quarterback. They get pick seven. The Bears need to stay away from a quarterback and need to start this rebuild process. And I think 20 puts them in that exactly perfect spot. If they get desperate and they get stupid, they're going to mess this up. What do they need to do? They need to rebuild. There's some great tackles and wide receivers and, and talented players around pick 20 that they can get. They got to let go of this dream, though. They just have to. As for the Vikings and the Packers, 
I mean, if we assume that they're an all-in territory, obviously it's not the greatest thing in the world. The Vikings aren't terrible at 14, but as I've said, once you get to about pick 12 is usually right when there's a big drop-off. Generally speaking, in terms of talent, um, when I tracked all the, I tracked all that stuff for several years out and just looked at their general PFF grades and everything else, and there seems to be a fall-off right around 12. But what, what, is it, what is the Vikings' direction? I think it's to be aggressive. If it's me, it's to be aggressive. So I'm not necessarily looking to replace guys that are going to be leaving soon. I'm looking to bring in some talent today. So I'm looking at a guy, for example, like Quiddy Pay to bring in an additional edge rusher. Because, again, we've got Cousins. We've got the wide receivers. We've got the running back. We've got the offense. We're getting back Daniil Hunter. We're getting back Michael Pierce. We still have the safeties. We've got young and ascending corners. Bringing an additional pass rusher is about as close to all-in as we can get. Now, does that hurt us even more in the future? Kind of. Because in the future, Daniil Hunter's young. He's like 25 years old. He's going to be there. So we're going to have a pass rusher for a long time. That's one of the few things we know we're going to have probably for the next five years. I don't know that there's a single other position that we know we're going to have for the next five years. Maybe corner if we assume that all these guys become very, very good. Probably at least have one long-term corner. How how top-end good he's going to be, I don't know. Well, and obviously Justin Jefferson would be another uh, we're going to have a wide receiver around for a while. So to be honest, I'm actually okay with the Vikings going all in too. It kind of sucks while we're in a in the process of trying to really dominate to have somebody else trying to edge us out. But I think we win that battle anyways. And long term, the Packers are set up for more long term success than the Vikings are. Obviously, quarterback is an option depending on how long Aaron Rodgers can keep playing at this level. But there's a lot of youth on this team. The Vikings do not have that. So obviously, short term and long term, the Packers are in the absolute best spot. I think the Vikings have this little, little tiny window. I think the Lions have a good position right now in terms of they, they kind of went through the teardown process, if, if not involuntarily. It was an involuntary teardown in which you try to get good players but didn't, and your whole team sucks. So <laughs> there's your teardown. Now you're, you're, you're at the studs, and I don't mean studs in terms of good players. I mean, you know, bare bones. It's a matter of can you build up. So again, the point is, I kind of like the situation we're in. Obviously, the Packers are um, on the war path and are in a fantastic spot to get even better. And I do like the Packers' prospect of, and, and the Packers very rarely do it. When I talk about the all-in strategy from a drafting perspective, is sort of like the Chiefs drafting a running back. That's an all-in strategy. There's other positions of need that are more critical than running back. But that's just sort of a dagger to the heart of everybody else in the NFL who sees this offense that they already don't know how to stop, and we're going to add a running back to it. The equivalent of that for the Packers would be like drafting a tight end or wide receiver. It's already the number one offense in football. We already are having a hard time containing Aaron Rodgers. We already cannot stop Devontae Adams. It's taking a strength and making it stronger. That's what it sort of all in for the draft is. The Packers have always been very prudent in looking at long-term and short-term needs and taking players that can contribute but aren't always, you know, it's not anything that all of us jump out of our chair about. There's never been this mentality of, now we're really going to smash you in the mouth, right? When we drafted Rashawn Gary, we already had pass rushers. So it's like, okay. When we got Savage, you know, that was cool, but it never really felt like, oh, now, now the league's in trouble. Jair was good, but we had no corners, so it wasn't like a strength getting stronger. It was, oh, good, we desperately needed that. Hopefully he doesn't suck. He probably will because we were terrible at drafting corners, but we'll see how it goes. Man, I cannot believe the time situation here. It's already 5 o'clock. I'm supposed to be leaving now. I wanted to start looking at specific prospects. Um, I guess to some degree I can do that. 
In fact, let's end it that way. And again, I apologize for the ultra short episode today. But I, I think if I were to kind of take the strategy that I'm saying for each NFC North team, it would look a lot like the Lions getting Trey Lance. I mean, obviously, if you can get a better quarterback, fine. If you can get Zach Wilson, but I doubt it. I think the way in which that happens would be Jacksonville and the Jets taking um, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Miami does something crazy like take a wide receiver. See, but Atlanta, well, Atlanta's already somewhat committed to, and, and maybe it's lip service, but they've essentially said we're not moving on from Matt Ryan or Julio Jones. So if they go out and get a guy like Gregory Rousseau or Quiddy Pay, or here's the other thing, what if Miami wants to trade back? Who's to say they don't? If they don't want Penny Sewell, and I'm sure the Bengals would love to be able to move up and, and take Penny Sewell in that spot, even if even if that's the case, let's just say that happens. Let's say the Lions try to trade up and they can't. Cincinnati moves up, they take Penny Sewell. Atlanta Falcons do not want a new quarterback. Again, could be lip service, but let's just say, and they end up taking an edge rusher or a corner. Then Miami's on the clock. The temptation to take Penny Sewell is, there, is not there anymore because he's gone. We end up taking Jamar Chase, the wide receiver. Philadelphia's on the clock. Who are they going to take? They're either going to take a linebacker or a guy like Devontae Smith. Guess who's on the clock next? It's Detroit. So it's it's not impossible, but either way, you take a quarterback. Generally speaking, in the first round when you get a quarterback, you have to trade up to get him. Um, pretty likely that somebody would want to move up, but th- there are scenarios in which they end up getting a guy like Zach Wilson, or if Zach Wilson goes first, they could end up with Justin Fields. But either way... Um, my vision for them would be to get a quarterback. As for the Vikings, again, I want to sort of attack what is going to make us the best right now. Now, there's no way to really hurt your team in the long run. There's just ways to not really help yourself as much as you possibly can in the long run. Looking at some of the serious weaknesses we're about to have and and not fixing it. So, yeah, you could go interior offensive line, and that's cool, and it'll probably make you run the ball a little bit better, help you protect your quarterback a little bit better. Probably a very prudent move because we have, a you know, we got five offensive linemen, and trying to keep them fully stocked with five guys is a continual process. you got to keep bringing in guys. But, again, I really like the idea of getting an edge rusher. It just makes us the most lethal. It's the one thing that, and that's another way to look at drafting. What's the one thing that, that all the people that are in your division are going to be most upset about. I'm most upset if the Lions get a quarterback because it's going to scare me. Maybe it's terrible, and th- and that's the best case scenario. You get a quarterback that's terrible, but it's the one that's going to make me go, oh no. The one thing that the Vikings can do that is going to make me say, oh no, is to get an edge rusher. I don't want to have to deal with N- Daniil Hunter and Quiddy Pay or and whoever, Gregory Rousseau, Asai. I don't know. And again, maybe they're trash, and then great, but that could be any position. So I, I don't want to keep putting that caveat on there. For the Bears, I don't know that there's a lot that they can do that's going to make me nervous. I mean, it would make me a little twitchy if they get Mac Jones or Kyle Trask just on the off chance that these are very good quarterbacks. But even then, they've got so many problems. They have a, a, a bad and getting worse offensive line. They, they lost their premier wide receiver, and the defense, I think, is going to continue to slowly get worse. And so if we assume that it's going to take at least a couple years for this guy to get acclimated, in other words, his rookie year is not probably going to be super dominant. It might be good, but, I mean, he's going to be exploitable. And, you know, we, we look at another year down the road. We look at him in 2022. What is the team at that point? I, I still think the, the most prudent thing that they can do, it's not, it's not an oh-no thing. If you want to do an oh-no thing, go out and get some defensive pieces. Go get a, a defensive lineman, an edge rusher to complement Khalil Mack. 
um, maybe get a corner because, again, you've, you've already got a good defensive front. If you stack the corners or safeties or whatever to make it harder to throw against you, that's sort of an oh-no thing. But, I, I again, if I'm the Bears, I'm not worried about oh-no. I'm worried about we got to build for the future. So I think offensive tackle would be fantastic here. Again, we're kind of far out, so I don't know what that means, whether that's Rashawn Slater, um, Jalen Mayfield, the right tackle, Alex Leatherwood, Eichenberg. I don't know. And then again, for the Packers, if we're looking at somewhat of an all-in deal, you know, I think a guy like Rondale Moore could be fantastic. Um, sort of a smaller, faster slot guy, but also a guy that you can you can put in motion quite a bit. Adds that dynamic. Obviously, if you want to be prudent, you can be responsible and get a uh, you can get a corner. And and a corner can be somewhat of an oh no thing, right? If you're thinking, okay, if you're a Vikings, Lions, or or Bears fan. You probably really don't want this to be a dominant defense. And if you know Jair is pretty good, and you already know the offense is going to be pretty good, drafting another corner might be a little bit scary. So I think wide receiver, corner, not really edge rusher, although you know it's, it's possible because, again, the depth isn't fantastic. If you think it's impossible, we get an edge rusher. Remember, again, we just paid Preston and Zedarius when we drafted Rashawn Gary. So it's certainly not impossible that they're going to draft a uh, pass rusher. But I guess the good thing is, despite the fact that I think they've got a good amount of talent everywhere, there's still, you can draft almost any position and not feel bad about it. Running back would seem incredibly unlikely. Tight end, I think, would be fairly unlikely, partly because of the positional value, but also because I think they like the guys that they have. Not that they wouldn't add somebody, but if you're going to, for example, try to go get a Mercedes Lewis replacement, you're not doing that in the first round. First round is you're getting basically big, giant wide receivers. The the big massive blocking tight ends the old school throwback guys you can get that in the seventh round because nobody even wants to draft those guys anymore or fifth round or fourth round whatever you get the point but interior offensive line tackle wide receiver defensive tackle edge again people would be mad but it's an option corner would be a great option linebacker would be a great option even safety would be fine with me so they're they're in a pretty good spot to where there aren't too many picks where I think I'm going to be very upset this year, like I am most years. Although, when this gets closer, there's going to be guys that I really like and guys that I really want to stay away from, and they'll probably draft one of the guys that I want to stay away from the last uh, at least two years in a row. I mean, I can't remember the last time they picked somebody I was really excited about. It might have been Haha Clinton Dix, to be honest with you, because we, we needed safety so unbelievably bad. We had by far the worst safeties in, in the NFL and Haha was supposed to be this premier, the only real good safety in the class, and he wasn't going to fall to the Packers, and he did. And it was, it was glorious, and I still think to this day he didn't get enough respect from Packer fans. I know he wasn't as good as we had hoped, considering he was a first-round pick, but I still think he was better than, again, people wanted to give him credit for. But anyways, again, unfortunately, I am officially out of time, uh, well over my time. I have to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Friday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Make sure you check out Walk the Mock. Check out that video to see if you would even be interested in it. Again, in order to get involved in my mocks, you have to join the premium uh, part of the site. But you get a free month if you use the promo code, so you can at least come join and play around. I think tomorrow I'm going to do at least a three-round mock draft. I probably won't do seven because I think people will kind of lose interest, plus it gets really, really long. But we did a first-round mock in 25 minutes. So I would love to have all 32 teams represented and to do Saturdays. I'll probably set it up today, so get ready for that. You have to subscribe to Pack Daddy NFL. That is where I'm going to put that link. I can put, do posts on YouTube. You can actually post things, you know, little bloggy things or whatever. I'm just going to put a link there. So if you want to join it, that's where it's going to be. And I'll share it other places, but I want to at least start there. 
So if you want to get in and get your team, if you want to make sure you're the one that represents the Packers, you got to be there. So Pack Daddy NFL, subscribe and hit the bell because then you'll get notified when I post the link. Anyways, have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.